Humanizing History is a show about people in history that have had an impact on our world. We will be exploring what made them important, but our main focus will be on who that person was outside of well-known records. We will be exploring who these people were, what they hated, who they loved, why they are who they are, and other less-known information about their lives. In order to show the world that no one is perfect, we are all human and make mistakes, but that doesn't mean we can't be great and have a profound impact on tomorrow. Welcome back to Humanizing History. I am Cliff. And this is Nick. We'd like to give a big shout out to the podcast Bayside Boys and to Nicholas for sending in his intro for our podcast. Yeah, thank you very much, Nick. Thank you guys a whole bunch. Nick, how you been? I've been doing pretty good. Had a nice weekend and can't complain. Yeah, how have you been? Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, I finally put the lights up in my garage that I've needed for like a month now. I can now grab my beers and not be in the dark. It's exactly. great. Exactly, yeah. And we had some friends over and then just totally relaxed yesterday. Yeah. It was real good. So did you buy a pair of your Satan shoes? My Satan shoes? Have you not he- Have you not seen that on, on TikTok or anything like I that? I have not. So the rapper Little Nas X, do you know who that is? I've heard the name. Okay. Well, he just released a pair of Nikes. Nike had nothing to do with it. They made it very clear that they had no, no partnership in this. But he made 666 pairs of these shoes, and they have a drop of human blood somewhere in the shoe, and they're Satan shoes. So I was just wondering if you had bought your pair. Why? I don't know. He's getting so much backlash for it. It is nuts. Is his music like satanic or something? No. Well, his, he has a music video that that depicts him in hell and giving Satan a lap dance, and so apparently he made a pair of shoes about it so well now i know why i don't know who he is because that is absolutely not something i'd be into (laughs) i figured you wouldn't know but it was it's it's the topic of the day kind of thing Ah, well this is why i hate pop culture (laughs) no i have not did you get yours oh of course i I got all 666 pairs of them Mm -hmm. do they have little tiny ones to fit your child exactly yeah marshall has his own pair we're going to bring him to church. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what an idiot, man. I, Some people. What You know, I don't know who little... What is it? Little Nasty X? <laughs> little Nas X. Little Nas X. I don't know him, but you sound like an idiot from his shoes. <laughs> Anywho, this week we're going to be covering Miss Marilyn Monroe. Miss Marilyn Monroe. Yes. I guess Mrs. How about Missy Elliott? That's what I thought you were going to say when you said Miss, but... I do know that one, but she's more my youth. Yeah. So. Plus, she's alive, so we can't cover her. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Do you know anything about uh, Marilyn Monroe? All I know is is that she was a model slash actress, and she's got that scene or that shot where she is like on the steam grate in New York and her dress Mm -hmm. goes up, married to a few different people. I know you're going to cover them, so I won't say the names. I know the checklist kind of. So okay, I'd say I'd say a lot of America knows right. the same sort of thing. She was real big. She's still real big, to be honest. Yeah, but cool. We'll we'll jump big in. like thick or just. Oh, just no. I don't think she was ever thick. <laughs> Even as a baby, she wasn't chunky. She never, <laughs> you know. The interesting thing is, I think in today's standards, she would be considered a plus size model. No way. Yeah, wasn't she like three six? Like two eight three two or something. I don't know, but looking at models today, I mean, they're all sticks. 
All right, so she was five foot five tall, 35 inch bust, 22 inch waist, 35 inch hips. That means nothing to I don't know what the, And her bra yeah. was a 36D. That's I, I don't know how to. I can't visualize that in my head, so. It looked like that. <laughs> I know what she looks like. <laughs> I just pulled a picture up for Nick. <laughs> she kind of looks like Britney Spears. I can kind of see that. Yeah. That's weird. Wonder if Britney's her baby. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, without further dudes, Marilyn Monroe was actually born Norma Jean Mortensen on June first, nineteen twenty-six. I can see why she would change her name to Marilyn Monroe. Well, so that wasn't even her idea, though. But we'll, we'll touch on that. Okay. You don't like Norma Jean Mortensen? Sounds so hot. I mean, it, it's probably famous now after MJ did the song. Oh. Okay, I can so, see that. Anything. No, 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 time out. That's Billie Jean. Is that Billie Jean? Yes. All right, well, I'm, I'm don't listen Jean, to me. Jean, it's not my love. I thought it was Norma Jean. <laughs> well, it's not. No, you show how much I listen to Michael Jackson. <laughs> I actually remember the last time I heard that song. Really? Amanda and I were 16 because it was at camp. Wow. You have not heard it since? No. It's not my, not my jam. Bethany loves Michael Jackson, so I hear it at least... Once a year. Really? Mm-hmm. She just does not look like an MJ fan. Yeah, she loves Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, all those... Whitney Houston's got that voice. Everybody likes her. But most people like Michael Jackson. Hee-hee. <laughs> I, I just can't get into it. Just not my thing. Yeah. Hey. Well, we also grew up when he was kind of... <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. seen as the most publicly acceptable figure, so... That's, that's true. So she was born in Los Angeles, California... And her bubbly exterior guarded a real deep interior fragility and just a lifelong struggle with substance abuse and abuse, period. Like, she was abused or she abused others? She was abused. Okay. We'll see later on that the way she acted in life resulted from just a really, really rough childhood. Okay. Her mother was a film cutter named Gladys Pearl Baker. Okay. And suffered from anxiety, depression, as well as her grandmother, who suffered similar mental issues. She even died in asylum after years of manic depressive episodes. That sucks that depression and anxiety is hereditary. Mm-hmm. It, you're just born with it, and you... Obviously, there's ways to manage it, but I don't think you can fully cure depression and anxiety. There's no way to really cure really anything, though, is there? There's always going to be lasting effects of any mental disorder. Oh, definitely. Her grandfather also, you're speaking of the bloodlines, he was diagnosed with dementia. Oh, wow. Her whole family on her mom's side just ran the gamut. Now, before she was born, Norma's father leaves. Okay. We believe the man to be Martin Edward Mortensen, the second husband of her mother, Gladys. Okay. But Normal always thought that her father was actually Charles Gifford. He was her mother's manager at the film industry that she worked at, Consolidated Films. Okay. Did she look like him? Yes. Gotcha. So it is a striking resemblance between the two of them. You put them up there, their bone structure's similar. I mean, their eyes look the same. And then you put a picture of her next to... Martin Edward Mortensen looks nothing like nothing he's got like. this huge square face. He looks like a Minecraft character. Interesting. You wonder, maybe she doesn't know this, but maybe that's why her dad left. So Martin left because as soon as he found out that she was pregnant, he was gone. 
he was just that dude that he didn't want anything to do with it. Okay. So we know that for sure. For sure that yeah, that's he, why okay. he left. Gotcha. He didn't want anything to do with kids. Okay. So once she was knocked up, he was gone. It could have been maybe she was knocked up by another man, and he said, "Hey, I'm out of here." Right. But either way, he left because she became pregnant. Gotcha. Gladys also had two children from a first marriage, but the father of those children kidnapped them and moved to Kentucky. Norma didn't even know she had siblings until she was twelve. That's nuts. Yeah, and she I, didn't could, even meet them until she was an adult. That's crazy. That would. Obviously, that would not fly today. There's no way you're kidnapping kids and getting to another state and it being okay. Maybe. So, kidnap is a harsh word here. Okay. But Gladys obviously had some mental issues. Okay. And in a few minutes, we'll dive into a little bit more of that. Gotcha. So, she won sole custody over these children, Mm -hmm. but I don't think she had a way to take care of them. Gotcha. So, I don't think he so much kidnapped them in the... But but he kind of took them and moved them to a loving home gotcha, where gotcha. they were taken care of because Gladys was in no shape to take it care of It wasn't like the dad snuck in at night and threw him in his car and ran away. It was more, it's the hey, legal kids, term mom kidnap. is yeah. unstable. We need to bring you somewhere else. But legally, I guess it would be considered kidnap. Exactly. Okay. Norma always dressed as a tomboy when she was young, okay. which a lot of people found interesting because typically you dress like a tomboy. You kind of can continue to dress modestly yeah in your adult life where she obviously went the opposite route mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about a minute ago gladys was not able to care for norma okay so she ended up giving her to a foster family where nora ended up living until she was seven years old okay now basically immediately this kid fell out of her and she's like oh baby here i can't take care of it so it was an okay it was immediate it was within like a month wow okay When Gladys felt that she was capable of caring for children again, she bought a house and she took Norma to live with her. Okay. Shortly after, though, she had another mental breakdown and was institutionalized. This, of course, sent Norma back into the system where she started getting sexually assaulted. Wow. The first time she talks about it later on in her life, she said the first time she was sexually assaulted was at a boarding house by a man named Mr. Kimmel. Okay. This is, of course, a fake name. She did not want to give the man's real name. I don't understand why, but maybe in that time in America, kind of pointing out your abuser would have been like an attack. Right. Where today, of course, you We would want, want to, know, to know, and you would be able to properly, not execute them, but properly well, indict them and such. Yeah, and you'd want to then, see justice be done. Right. Where this, I think she saw it as almost a career ender if she started pointing out people mm-hmm. and sexually assaulted others. Yeah. But who knows? Hollywood might still be like that. So shortly after this first assault, she was appointed a guardian. This guardian was her mother's best friend, Grace. Okay. Now you think it's going to be a good move for her, right? Right, right. Going to be someone that's close, um, sounding like a female, so... Of course. And for a couple years, it was great. Mm-hmm. Norma lived with Grace for a few years until Grace married and not my kid. So she shipped her back off to the Los Angeles orphans home. Okay. Which I hate saying this, but I can see how brand new married couple child. That's not yours. How that could cause issues. Now that's awful for Marilyn Monroe or sorry, Norma at this point, Mm -hmm. not saying that it's right. But I can kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I, I understand both sides of it. It stinks for Norma. 
Mm -hmm. to be completely honest. No one wants to be shipped house to house to house. No, because then you're just feeling like a piece of trash. No one really wants you, but we'll take her in for a little bit. Well, in a few minutes, you may change your tune. So we'll see. While she was in the orphan's home, there were actually a handful of families that wanted to adopt her Mm -hmm. and bring her into a loving, stable home. But her mother, Gladys, would never sign papers to let her be adopted because she just, that's my daughter. Even though I can't care for her, she's mine, right? What I don't understand is you are willing to allow your daughter to stay at a home, be in the foster care system, but you're not allowing you're not allowing her to be with somebody that can afford, not afford her, but take care of her, give her what she needs. That's so selfish. It really is. Yeah. Again, though, this lady had a lot of mental issues, mm-hmm. so... But at the same time, I think there's people that don't have mental issues that still do that purely out of being selfish. Absolutely. You're yeah. 100% right. Yeah. She wasn't adopted, so what happens? She's moved from foster home to foster home to group home to foster home, back and forth all over the place, yeah. until she finds herself back in Grace's home. Oh, wow. Okay. Where she's sexually assaulted by Grace's husband, Doc. From there, she goes back to foster another foster home where she's sexually assaulted again. Then back to a family member of Grace's where she's sexually assaulted again. It just baffles me that there are so many men out there that are willing to just be awful people and touch women, kids, whatever. It just It's just nuts because you hear so many stories of, like this yep. where people in history have these these cases and you don't even have to be famous there's so many people out there so many children in the system that unfortunately this is their story yeah and it's like why is this so prevalent like how deranged do you have to be to do that and that's what i don't understand it it makes my blood boil seeing this yes and it's it makes it even worse knowing that it happens so often it really does Now, while Norma is in and out of the foster home, staying with friends of friends and yada, 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 her mother would still come out to see her on occasion. Okay. When she'd come out to see her, their routine was she'd pick her up and they would go and see a movie or a movie premiere even at Grauman's Chinese Theater. Okay. Where the life of celebrities planted the seed into Norma's mind about this life that she could escape from her lonely and loveless life and become what she wanted to be, Mm -hmm. a Hollywood starlet. Gotcha. Right? So this was a dream of hers at a very young age. Yes. So she, really the only good thing in her life up to this point was when her mom would take her to the movies. Gotcha. So she associated movie stars with good things. Yeah. And she also, it's probably the one connection she has with her mother. Yeah. Other than a mental illness. Right. (laughs) So at this time, this is about 11 years old or so, her favorite movie star is Jean Harlow. Okay. She worshipped this lady. Okay. And when she died at 26 years old, Norma was left totally inconsolable. No one could calm her down. Now the next five years of her life are the same as the, the first. Okay. She's living with a bunch of different random people. It'd be boring to go into everything. But she ends up living mostly with Grace. Okay. And her abuser. That's nuts. So did she ever come out about that abuse? Not until later in life. Okay, so she just lived with it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. But 
it's a kid. Kids don't know how to. How would you go up to somebody and say, "Hey, you know, Uncle, what was his name? Doc. Uncle Doc is doing, you know, diddling with me." Yeah. No one's gonna. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody, especially at that time, is gonna believe you. And that's that's another sad thing. Was a lot of children are are abused like this from a very young age, so they just totally think it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. This is just something every family does. Right. So it's not something that they will come out and say, "Hey, you know, Uncle." Whatever, because whatever, they don't know did something. Wrong. They just figured, hey, it's like, yeah, we did that, but we also ate dinner that night. Right. It's just something we do. It, it feels weird, but, you know. Yeah. I guess that's how kids grow up. Is what they're thinking. I want to make that clear. Yeah. So at age 16, Norma was again living with Grace and her abusive husband. They were preparing to move for Doc's career. And they decided again, they didn't want Norma. They weren't going to bring her with. Why keep bringing her in if you're not going to be that family that she needs. Obviously, they're already not. He's not a father figure. But still, you're treating her like, you know, a reusable or a disposable mask or whatever, you know. From everything I've seen, I think Grace was a decent person. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to do right by Norma. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why she kept bringing her back. Gotcha. Or trying to find friends of people. I don't know if she knew Doc was abusing her or not. I would hope to think she didn't know Mm -hmm. and, you know, didn't just allow it. But part of me thinks that she's a good person. She just wants to help this girl. And she doesn't know what's going on when she's not around. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. This is around the time Norma's 15. Okay. So she's starting to meet boys, have boyfriends. One of these boyfriends is her next door neighbor. They decide that instead of putting her back into the foster system, they're going to wait until she turns 16 and then let her marry this boyfriend. Oh, so that smart move. Instead of being, you know, in the foster system as an, a, a, almost an adult, she will be a wife mm-hmm. instead and have someone to take care of her. How old was this guy? 21. Okay. Six-year difference. Not yeah. huge, especially for this, this day. Right. It's... It sounds weird now, but back then I don't think that was as uncommon. Yeah, well, they were totally fine with him dating her yeah. at 15. But Just 18 days after her 16th birthday, she was wed and became Norma Doggerty. <laughs> yep. Great name. <laughs> We've got some weird names the last few weeks. So this may be Doherty also. Gotcha. On one of the... To me, it looks like it's pronounced Doherty. It's mm-hmm. D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Yeah. But on one of the documentaries I watched, they said Doggerty. Dog, okay. And it was an, a documentary from 1963. Okay. So that's what I went with. Doggerty. <laughs> Doggerty. Okay. Even though it looks to me like Doherty. Doherty, yeah. So this is actually the, the start of the life that she always wanted. Okay. She always wanted to be a housewife and eventually a mother. That seems totally contradicting to wanting to be a movie star so but you're right yeah it does later on in life um she talks about how this was the life she wanted gotcha okay and we'll talk later on probably in another episode about her living this fantasy for a while gotcha yeah by the way this is gonna probably be a two-parter yeah i'm thinking so and this this life worked out for them for a while until Jim sailed off with the Merchant Marines and she was left alone again okay. by herself. This might be a stupid question. Merchant Marines. Damn good question, Nick. They transport cargo and passengers. 
during peacetime. In times of war, the Merchant Marine can be auxiliary of the United States Navy be called on to de- deliver military personnel and material for the military. Okay. So they work for the military. They're just not part of the military. They're just civvies, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, while her husband was away, she was diagnosed with endometriosis. <sighs> that is not a good thing. Yeah, which I, I always heard this, but I didn't know what it was until I finally mm-hmm. looked it up for this. It causes symptoms in women like painful periods, heavy bleeding that causes you to have to like change your, your lady product every like two hours or less. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if that's a lot. Maybe. I probably should have asked my wife about this. (laughs) It can lead to painful intercourse. It can Mm -hmm. lead to, uh, like, abdominal and pelvic pain. Yeah. And pain with urination and bowel movements. And also it can cause infertility. Yeah. Now, isn't it something like... Bethany was explaining it to me, I want to say, a couple weeks ago, because one of our friends have it. And I was like, what exactly is that? It's something to do with like scar tissue, isn't it? I have no idea. I just looked up the symptoms. I didn't look into anything else. Her doctor, I love this. This is such an old fashioned doctor. Her doctor suggested using vodka to cope with cramps. (laughs) And she did. She followed his recommendation. This would ultimately help fuel her addictions later on in life. Right. And later when she became famous, her taste became much more expensive. And instead of vodka, she was demanding Dom Perignon. Oh, wow. So, which I actually looked up how much that stuff is. How much is the bottle? Because that's champagne, oh, no, okay. right? You can get it for 200 bucks. <laughs> Only a $200 for what? Maybe a 18-ounce bottle? It didn't look 16, large. Yeah. But it's champagne, right? It's champagne. 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 So again, while her husband is away... She began working. Someone had to bring home some money. Right. So she was working at the Burbank Defense Plant. Okay. Where she and many, many other girls worked at. This is picture one of these things like uh, you see the pictures way back from the 40s where the girls are dressed up in their little uniforms and they're making bullets or they're, you know, welding things together. They're doing that. Yeah. So the girls that worked during World War II. Yes. Okay. So this is all for the war effort. Okay. So this is what she was doing with a bunch of other girls. While she's working there, in 1945, a photographer was taking pictures of the woman working there in the plant, of course, and he took a picture of Norma. This photo is of her smiling and looking over her shoulder, and it instantly sends her from working, you know, that machine into a modeling career with the Blue Book Agency. Wow. Just from one picture? From a single picture. That's nuts. Yes. Reminds me of... What, do you remember the the mugshot guy? Probably like five or six years ago. Yeah, that everyone was like, he's so beautiful. He's a model now. I can see that. At least he's not robbing people. That's true. At least this is a better way to get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's just <laughs> nuts to me. That one photo that you didn't even mean to get out there can make you a international superstar. Well, she she did mean for this to get out there though. She wasn't you know caught stealing something and it was a mugshot. This was, they knew these guys came in all the time taking pictures. Because what they do is they take the pictures, turn them into pinup girls, you know, on, on drama on cards and stuff, and send them to the men. So was it like a posed picture? Yeah, yeah. They oh, would it wasn't like an girls, action shot. Like she's working and all of a sudden. Yes and no. Okay. So a lot of times a photographer would walk around and take pictures of the women while they're working. Okay. To boost morale for, you know, the, the people in America. Yeah. But a lot of them he'd say, hey, hun, you know, turn around, take a look, do this, do that, move this way, move that way. Gotcha. And they would take those pictures and paint them on cards and stuff and send them to the men in the military. Okay. This is, by the way, if you look at any pictures from the 1940s to the 1970s almost... What is one thing you notice about the women in the pictures? 
Big hips? Guess again. Pointy bras? Pointy bras. Is this just me? I see what you're saying. I actually had to look this up because I couldn't figure out what the deal was with these bras. Because they're they're cones, Mm -hmm. right? And while I was researching this, I've seen dozens, literally hundreds of photos of Marilyn Monroe now Mm -hmm. and other models of the time. Every single one of them. It's like cone heads in their shirt, right? <laughs> Does it say why? So I ha- I had to look it up, mm-hmm. right? I found out they're called bullet bras. Okay. Because they were invented around the time of World War II. Okay. And that's just patriotic. You yeah. Know? It it made me just laugh like a little schoolgirl mm-hmm. when I saw it. They're bullet bras because I'm just that mature. <laughs> they were first produced in 1941 by the Permalift brand. And they were advertised for supreme comfort and support all in one. (laughs) These were made without an underwire. Okay. So the only thing that kept their shape was the stitching. So they had to do it. Yes. Okay. Many celebrities began wearing these with like tight sweaters. Okay. To, you know, accentuate the cones. Mm -hmm. And in turn, this made millions of women want to wear them also. That's so weird. And this popularity lasted until the 70s. Yeah, I, now that you think about it. Yeah, we're, this is when women started turning to a more natural kind of approach with more soft silhouette cups that were obviously more comfortable. Right. These, well, then you get into the 90s where no one wore a bra, but that's beside the point. See, I don't remember that. I, I, I Watch I any back, episode of Friends. They, like, never wear a bra. Yeah, but that's Jennifer Aniston. She still does that to this day. Yeah, but a lot of them do. Like, Did they? Most, it, it's, it, it's just different. It's... Hmm. So, Nick, you're in luck. You can still buy one of these bras today. They're still companies Thank God, I need them. more support. I think you'd look good yeah. in one. <laughs> so, <laughs> these are imagine, actually... imagine, like, the first day I go to... So I, I've got a new job, but obviously it's remote right now. Can you imagine the first day I go into the office and I've got this cone bra on? <laughs> hey, guys. How's everything going? You just dare him to say something. <laughs> I'm identifying as a blank today. <laughs> well, and that's they're made for women doing vintage looks or kind of like pin-up uh, cosplay. Yeah. So you can still buy them today, but it's such a like a niche market. That right. That's what it's for. Yeah, I kind of want to buy one just to feel it, because I, I I don't know what it would feel like. You know how you think like you see something you're like I bet I know what that feels like. I cannot picture what these bras feel like. Do you know what they probably feel like? Do you know those like paper cups <laughs> from the machine? Yeah, <laughs> the ones that you can't set down. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, but they're fabric. That's uh, all right. Humanizing history is going to have to buy one. <laughs> Write uh, it off as a business expense. Yes. Now moving on from that. Sorry, I were so off topic. In 1947, just a couple years after she was signed with the Blue Book Agency, she won Miss Artichoke. Okay. Yes. What is that? <laughs> so, Norma was starting to soar in her career when she became the Artichoke Queen of California. She was in Salinas to model at Carlisle's Jewelry, okay. replacing then Doreen Nash, who canceled at the last minute. So they are like, just get me anybody. Mm-hmm. So they got Norma Jean. Now, during this promotional sale, Norma gave crowds this 
beautiful smile she had and she autographed pictures and she just really did it up. Mm -hmm. The store made more money that day than they ever had. Oh, wow. So they attributed it to her. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, Stanley Seedman, who was the owner of Carlisle's, had connections to the movie industry, okay. which he decided to leverage for the store's big sale. Mm-hmm. Marilyn's face got even more out there, and she took on every job that she could, whether that was going to like men's civics club or going to promote a baseball game or okay. anything, okay. anything to get her name out. And during one of these meetings, actually, at the civics club is where she met some folks at Cal Choke. Okay. The California Artichoke Association, who then decided they were going to give her the sash with the words California Artichoke Queen on it. Okay, so she didn't actually work. win an award. It wasn't like a pageant. No. I miss Artichoke. Okay. This was her getting her name out there, starting at a jewelry store. And one guy liked her and said, go, go here. They'll hire you for this. And so she did. And then one guy went here. Oh, hey, hi. And through all this, she met some dude that had an in with the artichoke crowd. And he's like, hey, guys, you know what? Let's make this bitch miss artichoke. (laughs) It's funny because how serious on your resume could that even look? Going into an audition going, I'm the artichoke queen, baby. You know, like, that just seems so stupid, but it probably did put her name out there and photographs, whatever, but yeah. well, obviously it just seems it worked. stupid. But whatever, it, it, did, it, it did work. And I guess it doesn't really matter what you are. As long as you have the award or you have the sash, you have whatever. If you're trying to make it in Hollywood where it's all about image. Well, crap, I was Mr. Boulder Creek, so I should be Were a movie really? star. I, I won that award. No way. Yeah. Had to do a monologue and everything. Is that like their king kind of thing? So every year for like, there's like a charity event at our high school. Oh, you were the charity event that made you king? It was, yes, exactly. (laughs) You walked into it. Yeah, it was a charity event. You know, there was usually 10 to 15 guys. We all had talents and the, you know, the proceeds all went to this group that helped kids with illnesses and things like that. But yeah, I won Mr. Boulder Creek. So what was your talent? I did a monologue, so I did. Oh, I, was, I oh. acted, and okay. then there was one. We had to like do an imitation of a superstar or a celebrity. I imitated. <laughs> I it, this is actually this was priceless. So this was right around the time where Britney Spears went nuts. Oh, and she shaved her head and everything. So I wore a wig and brought on. So I was carrying two kids, two <laughs> dolls, and I dropped the dolls, kicked them. <laughs> And then shaved my head, but I just shaved the wig <laughs> off of my head, and that was my impersonation of a of a celebrity. That's amazing. And then I did a monologue of a, just a nerdy kid, and that was really funny. I had my fly down the whole time. Okay. And to this day, people were like, "We thought you didn't know that you had the fly down." And the whole the whole act was about me having my fly down. Because I thought all the girls were looking at me because I was cute, but it ended up they were just looking at me because I had <laughs> my fly, fly down. down. And then I did it. We had to do like a modeling session where we walked down in like tuxes and things. Like Men's Warehouse like sponsored it. Like we had full tuxes okay. and everything. It was so much fun. But yeah, it sounds like it would have been a blast to see. Oh, it, it was. It was so stupid, but so fun at the same time. <laughs> I can imagine someone trying to do the Britney thing now, dropping babies, <laughs> kicking them, and shaving the head. You'd be canceled in a heartbeat. Totally. But the funny thing is, is my youngest brother was in the show eight years later, mm-hmm. and the announcer was was both of our English teachers. Well, literally, he's he's announcing the lineup, and he goes, 
And next, Nick Downey. And I, li- I was in the crowd, so I stood up because he called my brother me instead of calling him. And my brother's just like, whatever, I'm used to it now. <laughs> oh, wow, we are off top. Oh, I'm just relating. I'm a model like Marilyn Monroe. She's Miss Artichoke, you're Mr. Boulder Creek. She'd be a plus-size model now. I clearly am a plus-size model now. <laughs> what are your dimensions, Nick? <laughs> Fat. <laughs> oh. During the same time that she's working with the Blue Book Agency, they took photos, of course, but they also made a film strip of her. And this is the first time she'd ever been in front of the video camera. Mm-hmm. The agency found it extremely easy to sell her mm-hmm. as the quote-unquote wholesome girl next door. That's interesting. So, now you say that. Let me get some pictures up real quick. And it's not saying that I don't believe that she was wholesome, but what her image eventually became was far from that, or at least that's the legacy, I think, we see of her. So these are the pictures they used to take. That looks nothing like her. Yeah, we'll touch on that also. Wow. That's another one. That's this one here. These are the pictures they took. This was her as the girl next door. This is later on. This is her with her first husband also. So, girl next door type, right? Mm -hmm. I can see that. Now, once her fame starts taking off, she divorces her husband. Jim Doherty, Doggerty, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, you're a useless piece of crap. Well, so he was, he had a job, but just, you know, she she was alone. And then what really bugged her is he said, you can't model. He forbade it. So she said, all right, bye, Felicia. Yeah. And she began modeling full-time. Okay. Again, while she began modeling innocently enough as the girl next door, Mm -hmm. her photographers kept telling her that if she wanted more, the real money was in cheesecake photos. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. (laughs) So me, I Google cheesecake photos and... It's drastically different than I thought it was going to be. Uh, Cheesecake photos are apparently like what we think of now as like pinups. Okay. So we think of like Rita Hayworth, Ava Gardner, uh, probably Betty Page is most popular. Okay. This is a a cheesecake girl, right? Is it pinups? Is it like a step below kind of the Playboy model? Have you, do you not know what a pinup girl is? I do know what a pinup girl is, but so, I'm just trying to think like at that time because they're not fully, they're they're just. I know what a pinup girl is. So they're most of them were clothed, okay, but scantily clad, okay. But it was anything from a girl in a full length bathing suit, all the way up to a girl like in a skimpier bra and underwear panty set. So pretty much Tempe on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh, now that you say that, yes. Mm-hmm. It's it's anywhere near the college. Anywhere near ASU. So she did do some of these, you know, cheesecake photos, pinup, but she also began posing nude. Okay. For extra cash. She's contacted by Laugh Magazine, L-A-F-F, and she agrees to have a photo shoot with them. So she is placed on the cover, and 20th Century Fox actually discovered her because of this and wow. decided to sign her into a movie contract. Okay. This is when she felt she was elated. She felt like she'd finally made that dream come true. Yeah, of that was her goal in life. This is also when she changed her name. Okay. Now, an executive at 20th Century Fox didn't like Norma Jean Mortensen. Okay. So he told her, it's time to change it. Mm-hmm. She decided on the Monroe part. They decided on the Maryland part. They thought that the MM worked yeah. well together. 
And so she was hired by Fox. She changed her name. And for the next six months, she was working for Fox, learning how to act, how to sing, dance, and about the entire filmmaking process. Wow. Okay. I think it's about time for us to take a break. Okay. I am running out of water. Sounds good. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes to learn about the rest of her time at Fox. Cool, cool. So after her six months of learning, essentially, how to be an actress, she started getting roles. Okay. But these were very small and very rare. And very rare. Okay. So essentially, it was just like walk-on appearances, maybe a word. Okay. Maybe. But she was mainly just used for publicity shoots again. Right. And after working for Fox for one year, they dropped her. Really? They said the reason they didn't want to have her renew a contract is it's she was too shy really so she wow. returned to modeling okay now the same year that fox dropped her 1947 columbia pictures hired her to be one of the quote ladies of the chorus okay where she would play a burlesque queen now here she was able to show off her looks as well as her singing ability okay however Again, Columbia didn't see any real talent in her. Oh, odd. So they chose not to renew her contract also. Interesting. Marilyn desperately wanted this life, though. So she kept working. You can't... If, if you can say anything about her, you can say that she was a workhorse. Yeah. She constantly was working. After this, she decided she's going to become a better actress. So she'd get more roles. So she started working with a dramatic coach. Now, to pay for this and to support herself, she would live off of the occasional modeling shoot. Okay. But mostly off of unemployment checks. Interesting. Work in the system. Yeah. Now, she did this for years. Until 1950, when she caught the eye again of Fox. So, how old is she at this point? So, she's 24 years old, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You guys couldn't hear what I just cut out, but I can't do math. (laughs) So she's 24 years old. So she's doing this pretty quickly. So because I was thinking maybe this was in her 30s and I was like, well, then her stardom was super short. Her stardom still is was super short. It was short. still super short, but she's a young, it sounds like she's hustling. It sounds like she's done quite a bit before the age she of 24. She has. And she's actually done a lot of work. Yeah. It's just that it didn't pay that well. Right. So her portfolio's thick. Her wallet's thin. Okay. You know who this kind of sounds like? Obviously not for looks. Kind of sounds like a Steve Carell where he's in a lot of things and commercials and stuff and then doesn't hit it big until later in his career. I don't know. What else was he in before The Office? So he had a lot of commercial roles. Like you can see him in a lot of regional commercials. He was a a comedian here and there. Nothing Mm -hmm. really that big. I I can't remember if Anchorman was before or after the start of The Office. I think it was before, wasn't yeah. it? Because the office as well as 40-year-old virgin were like his launching points. Yeah. But 
anyway, later in life, later in his career. But it still sounds like she's kind of young, though, too. She is. She's yeah. 24. Uh, quick side note. If you want to see something hilarious about a regional commercial, go look up Nicolas Cage early commercial. <laughs> you will laugh. Okay. Because I laugh at his stuff usually anyway, so. Yeah, especially his dramatic roles that aren't supposed to be funny, but <laughs> they are. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. I actually like that movie. <laughs> you would. It's, 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 it's a cheesy but good movie. Oh my gosh. You like Ghost Rider too, don't you? No. <laughs> anyway, in 1950, while she was doing publicity shoots and pinups for the soldiers in the Korean War, Fox found her again, and they took another shot with okay. her. At the same time, though, she had gone from taking vodka to barbiturates to help take the edge off and to help her sleep. Okay, this is my lack of drug culture. What is a barbiturate? Like, what would that be? It is any class of sedative and sleep-inducing drugs derived from barbituric acid. Okay. So, kind of like the same effect as like a Valium would have? I think so. Okay. But it's I don't think it's a muscle relaxer, but it definitely... Helps induce sleep. Okay. Very habit-forming. Gotcha. Like many users of barbiturates and their cousin drugs, she often they often left her lethargic, and she would also couple these pills with amphetamines to kind of <laughs> counteract each other so she could get her sleep but also have a pep in her step, which also helped to keep her thin. Okay. Now, this is definitely a sign of the times mm-hmm. because... In 1950s Hollywood, these were like pez. Like, every girl took them. Okay. Every girl enjoyed them. If you didn't take them, your executives are pushing them on you. Gotcha. Because, oh, they're just a little pill doll help keep you in shape. You know, it's just one of those things. Right. If you want the rolls, you got to be thin. Right. Well, I mean, and you continue to see that throughout history. What was the 80s and the 90s? It was all cocaine chic. You know, it was unfortunately for women... In these in these high profile jobs, it's unfortunate because they feel like they have to do whatever they can to get the edge to stay skinny, and obviously that's horrible. But anyway, back to back to your points. You talking about my bra, Nick? Yes. So in interviews with screenwriter Ben Hecht at the Hotel Beverly Hills in 1954, Monroe talked about her despair. And even joked, quote, when you're young and healthy, you can plan on Monday to commit suicide, and by Wednesday, you're laughing again. She went on to... That is a sick line. Like, not sick as in cool, like, messed up. Yeah. Wow. She went on to say, she's the kind of girl to be found dead in the hall bedroom with an empty bottle of sleeping pills in her hand. That's how she was describing herself? Yep. Wow. I don't know if you know how she died, but just keep that line in mind. Her real movie career started around the same time. Okay. In 1952, she's cast in the movie Niagara alongside Joseph Cotton, Gene Peters, and Max Showalter. Mm-hmm. This is the movie that launched her into real stardom. Okay. She also begins dating Joe DiMaggio in 1952, who I'm told is a somewhat known baseball player. Yeah, maybe one of the greatest baseball players to ever live, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So are you? Do you really not know who he is? <laughs> no, I know okay. who he is. I put that in red on my notes because 
you know how I am. So Cliff hates sports. I don't want to say hate <laughs> sports, but he doesn't particularly he doesn't partake in them, so it's rare. Yeah. I'll go to a game. I love the atmosphere of the games, but uh, to sit down and watch nine innings of baseball, just shoot me. I literally could watch baseball all day, every day, and I would be on cloud nine. No one understand. Like none of my fam, my family's a whole basketball family, so they look at baseball, and go, "How oh, that's so boring." I love baseball. Oh no, I'd rather watch NASCAR. Oh no, and I'm not even that big of a fan. See, of NASCAR. I love racing. I don't like NASCAR because you're literally just going in a circle. Where like I love motocross, supercross because there's obstacles. So there's you need to watch the NASCAR ro- uh, ra- road tracks. Yes, I do like those. So tracks. those are the best. Mm-hmm. Marilyn wrote about first meeting Joe, quote, I expected a flashy New York sports type, and instead I met this reserved guy who didn't make a pass at me right away. He treated me like something special. <laughs> now, if that's not dead to nuts, Marilyn Monroe, send your angry letters. Watch it. We'll go. We'll be in heaven someday, and it's like, hey, Cliff, how you doing? <laughs> I'm on Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> like she just smoked a pack of Reds every day of her life for 70 years. <laughs> Cocktail. <laughs> Dating for the pair was difficult, as basically the entire U.S. separated them. Right. Monroe was obviously in Hollywood, you know, on the western side, and Joe DiMaggio was in New York. Right. Monroe stated... On the subject, quote, We couldn't keep on going forever as a pair of cross-country lovers. It might begin to hurt both our careers. So the two began talking about marriage. In July of 1953, after Monroe starred in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, she placed her hands into wet cement in front of Grauman's Chinese Theater, immortalizing her at the same place her dreams started years and years yeah, I was before. just gonna say that is like the probably the highlight of her life career like literally you grew up as a little girl saying I want to be a movie star going to that specific theater with your mom like there's no better I've made it moment than that right there and the symbolism of it mm-hmm. symbology Symbol. <laughs> well gosh what movie is that from Boondock Saints oh yes <laughs> the symbology the symbolism of it is just absolutely amazing. It's exactly what you said. This girl had her dream in this spot and realized that dream again later on in that exact spot. She went from being there paying to see movies to being paid to be there. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. And I would assume, are they still outside of that theater? You know what? I'm not sure. I, I didn't go look. Okay. Sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure that's one of those stars that's always going to be there. Well, next time you're in Hollywood, yeah, because I plan on being there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you live in the um, People's Republic of California, please <laughs> let me know if Marilyn Monroe's footprints and handprints are still in front of uh, the Chinese Theater there. I'm going to do a face print. Are you? Yeah, like oh, I'll never do mind. You don't print. watch. You don't watch The Office. <laughs> never mind. I've seen. I've seen The Office. I'm okay. just not a fan. Gotcha. Well, there's one where Michael Scott, he's <laughs> there, you know, he's, they've, they've put out new cement in front of the office and he's like, what should I do? What should I do before it dries? And he's, people are like, oh, put your hands or put your signature. And Jim, the kind of the, the snarky one goes, do your face. <laughs> and so he tries it and it's awful anyway. But. 
Uh, maybe I need to try watching The Office again. Every episode we do, you always try to tell me about The Office. Like, it's you're the one biggest of those... Office fanboy I know. <laughs> you're worse so, than people with The Wire. <laughs> so The Office, until they took it off of Netflix, was like my me and Bethany's go-to. Now we're, we're on New Girl. I don't know if you've ever watched that. No, Nick. No. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel just is so weird. I cannot get past her. So she's my least favorite character in that show. The rest of the show is absolutely hilarious. But, yeah. How are we friends? Like, I feel like there are many things where we are totally... Op- That's probably why we're such good friends. Maybe. I mean, we're both... I don't know. We're both Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both drive Fords. That's true. We live near each other. True. <laughs> Enjoy podcasts. There you go. We like women. I'm a fan. Yes. <laughs> oh. All right. So after Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, her popularity had gone even further than she ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. But her contract with Fox was still from 1950. Oh, geez. They just kept renewing the same contract. So she's getting paid nothing. Yes. So she is paid drastically less than other in-demand actresses were paid, and she felt she was worth far more. Mm -hmm. And she felt that she didn't have any real control over the roles that she was given. Yeah. Again, she wanted to be taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. But Fox's focus was on maximizing revenue. Okay. And they felt that using Monroe as their typical pinup would bring in the most amount of money, even though Marilyn continually told them that she wanted to be a more serious actress. Mm -hmm. Monroe decided to finally take a stand by refusing to start shooting a new musical comedy called The Girl in Pink Tights. Okay. For this, Fox ended up suspending her for this action. Okay. Now, immediately following the suspension, Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn, they decided to get married. Wow, okay. She Did they thought, get to spend that much time with each other? Not much. Not much. That just seems like a weird situation to get married in. But anyway. Well, they, the reason they got married is because Fox suspended her. Mm-hmm. And so her name's plastered all over the paper. This is a time in, the, in American history, again, where executives had more pull than just about anybody. Right. And so if they said, you're in the wrong, you're plastered over the front page, you're in the wrong. Right. So she wanted to change the headlines. What better way to change it than one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood right now is marrying one of the biggest baseball players ever. Right, right. So immediately following this, they got married. Right. Well, the other thing too probably is is at that point you could be like, well, you know, I really don't need you. I have this superstar husband. I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. That's true. She now, could have been part of it. Granted, baseball players aren't getting paid what they're getting paid now, but still. He's, he didn't want for much. Right. <laughs> exactly. Joe told her before they got married, when she was on the phone with him, you're having all this trouble with the studio and not working, so why don't we get married now? I've got to go to Japan anyway on some baseball business, and we could make a honeymoon out of the trip. (laughs) How romantic. How romantic. So she decided this was a great idea. They got married. They went on a honeymoon to Japan. And while she was over there, she was asked to go visit the troops in Korea, fighting the Korean War. Which she happily agreed to. She was very patriotic. Yeah. So she went over there on her honeymoon. And How long spent... was this honeymoon? I don't I don't know. Yeah. But it wasn't real long because she went from Japan to Korea 
She spent four days in Korea, and then she came back to America. She didn't even go back to Japan? No. But Joe stayed in Japan. Okay. She left Japan, went to Korea, came home, he just left him there. <laughs> Not what I think would be a great honeymoon. Right. But whatever. Now, after returning home, she was awarded Photoplay's Most Popular Star Prize. What the hell does that mean? Photoplay was a magazine. Okay. And they awarded her, they voted her the most popular star. Okay, gotcha. And gave her a prize for it. Cool. So I think that's a good a good place to end this episode. We're at almost at an hour. Yeah. So we'll come back next week and finish this off. Spoiler alert, she doesn't make it. But if you didn't know that, you know, it, it's been like 50 years. Well, and also, none of our people make it. <laughs> hey, at least she went from artichoke queen to the star prize. She went from artichoke queen to just choking. <laughs> <laughs> we... The, we're supposed to leave him on a cliffhanger, Cliff. <laughs> All right. Well, as we end this, Nick, if someone would like to reach out and make fun of my Marilyn voice or or tell me how wrong I am, how can they do that? Well, they can get... I'm just kidding. They can uh, reach out to us on pretty much any social media platform. Tumblr. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Grinder. <laughs> Please, everybody, swipe right on Cliff. I'm on Bumble. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> call one nine hundred. Anyway, you can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the major sites. Search for Humanizing History. They're a little bit different on each on each site, but the best way to get a hold of us is through humanizinghistory at gmail.com. Submit your requests submit your intros we want to hear from you guys we want to build this community and we would love your guys's interaction also you can find us on all major podcasting sites and please go in give us a review preferably five stars but let us know what you're thinking how you're liking the show and and what we can continue to do to bring you guys the best content that we can absolutely thanks for listening we'll see you next week Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. (laughs)